Good evening, Mendocino County. This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools, with tonight's edition of Inside Education. This evening, I'll interview several members of the County Board of Education. There are five members of the County Board of Education, each representing similar areas as the Board of Supervisors. Tonight, I'm going to interview Area 5 member Don Cruiser, Area 3 member Charlene Ford, and Area 4 member Drew Duncan. Next month in December, I'll interview our Area 1 board member Marilyn Puget and our Area 2 board member Larry Olson. Uh, Larry Olson also serves as the president of our county board and is attending uh, the California School Boards Association annual education conference as a county board member. And so we want to get his insight on that conference, which is why I'm going to hold his interview till next month. And then Ms. Puget also was recently traveling, so I was unable to interview her this month. We have Area 3, 4, and 5. It's not going to go in that order, however. I'm going to start with Area 5 with Donald Cruiser. I'm going to go to Area 3 with Charlene Ford, and then to Area 4 and finish up the evening with my interview with Drew Junkin from Fort Bragg. This show was pre-recorded on Tuesday, November 22nd. Let's talk a little bit about County Board of Education and the relationship that the County Board of Education has with the county superintendent of schools. It's a very unique relationship that exists in no other state. So let's dive in and get to know a little bit about what our five area board members think about their role as the county board and also a little bit about them personally and what their hopes and dreams are as being county board members. Starting out, we're gonna open the floor with our interview with Donald Cruiser. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the prescribed questions that we've put together for tonight's show. Well, I was born in Wyoming, and I lived there until I was 11 years old, and then my family moved to Carmichael in the Sacramento area, and I went through college in Sacramento, and I didn't go into teaching For eight years after I got out of college, I knocked around quite a bit. I spent a year in Chicago as a volunteer in service to America. And then I worked in a a rehabilitation school for delinquent Indian youth in Tucson, Arizona. And I had a surveying job in Wyoming, went back to Wyoming, worked for the Bureau of Reclamation there. Then I went to sea. I was a merchant seaman, uh, got off a ship and lived in Sweden for a year. And my teaching career started out in a very unusual way. I, I came into Mendocino High School to fill in for their math teacher there when he took a leave of absence for one year. I left after one year and I somehow fell into a construction job in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> But the man I filled in for, Ed Merle was his name. He was a wonderful colleague. He he called me up, said, I'll give you another year off, and I really think that if I bring you back, we should agree to trade off on the job every year. And so we did that over an eight-year period. 
And it worked out really well for me because I could make so much more money outside of teaching. And uh, that allowed me to buy property and get ahead. It was also a wonderful way to start out because your first years are so difficult. And to do them every other year was just a really nice way to start out. I ended up spending my entire career at Mendocino High School. I was a, a mathematics teacher, and I taught for 26 years there. How would you describe the role of the County Board of Education? We're constantly working on understanding that. It, as you know, it's a little bit different than a normal school board because you're elected. We don't hire and fire you. And He's so, referring to the county superintendent position when exactly. he says you as I am the county superintendent currently. Yes. And some counties still do hire and fire the superintendent, but here in Mendocino, you're elected. And so that changes the role of the board a little bit. That gives the superintendent a little more independence. And, you know, I view it, there's, there's two fundamental things that we always do, and that's we approve the budget and we decide... Uh, whether to give the superintendent a raise. We do those things every year. But I was also surprised that we do quite a wide variety of things. You know, we're kind of an oversight board for appeals from charter schools and even from, from parents who may have a, a difficulty with, a, with a, a school district. And then I know one thing that I participated in that I really thought was valuable was we were the oversight board for transferring the coastal branch of, at that time, College of the Redwoods over to Mendocino College. And I thought that was a very positive thing to do. And we went through a number of meetings as, as the oversight board to, to do that. So again, quite a, quite a variety of things that we do as a board. What inspired you to become a county board member? I was impressed that at various stages, the county board did really good things for me as a teacher. There was a series of trainings that they arranged, uh, they did at the Fort Bragg High School campus, and uh, they, were, they brought in professors from different colleges to train us in methods of teaching, and it was really good to get to know the math teachers in Fort Bragg. I became good friends with them and collaborated with them a great deal. And then there was one other time I had taken a month out of my summer to go down to Holy, Holy Names College in the Bay Area there to, to do training on using technology in the classroom. A lot of, a lot of it was fairly new at that time. And, and what year was that, if I may ask you, oh, remember? Oh, gosh. I, it was back there when things were fairly new. See, the uh, Late 90s? Oh, I would say in the, in the mid to late 90s. Okay. I learned to use graphing calculators in my math classrooms out of that. And part of the training there was we were supposed to come back to our school districts and pass on what we learned there to other teachers and I did it together with the, the physical science teacher at the high school and then also the science teacher at the middle school. And somehow or other, we got into developing technology training, and we really sort of got in over our heads a little bit. And the county stepped in, and they helped us with the technology, and they helped us with the presentation. And we did it for every, every school in the, in the county, and I was so appreciative of the help we got out of the county on that. 
uh, that I sort of became interested in the operation. And so when I retired, I, I sort of wanted to keep my foot in education and really stay on top of it. That's one of the things that's important for a board member to do. I get a lot of emails every day that I read to just stay on top of issues in education. What do you see as the county board's long-term goals? Well, what are some of the things you're real passionate about and want to maybe well, bring to this the board? Was a, this was another reason I wanted on the board, and that was I really think I have some good knowledge about uh, educational systems overseas, and I like to try to influence things on the board as much as I can. And, you know, right now, one of the things I'm on the, the committee we formed within the board to to advocate for uh, workforce housing for teachers. I think it's just a re- uh, there's a really great need, particularly on the coast, for that, where housing has become so, so expensive. I had personal experience there. We had a really good young English teacher come into the high school while I was there, and he was leaving after two years, and I went in and I asked him, I said, why? why are you leaving this nice high school in this beautiful place? And he told me, he said, on a teacher's salary, I will never be able to own a home here. And I, I just felt like that was really sad. And so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in working out strategies for young teachers to be able to live on the coast. Now, most of the workforce housing initiatives that you see for teachers involve temporary housing where they'd move into more long-term housing. You have a slightly different vision. Would you share that with the listeners? Well, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with what they call co-housing, which is where groups of people go together and they buy the land together. And then they'll build housing there and it's a little cheaper to build because you can have a laundry room for everybody. And you can have a a little playground area for all the children there. You can have, you know, maybe a communal room where every once in a while you do dinners together. And it all makes housing a a little cheaper and then also just a nice little community. Down the road from where I live in, in Little River there is a place called The Woods. And for years, the the Presbyterian Church owned the property there. And they they... The people who live there still own their homes, but they paid a service for the utilities and the swimming pool and the things that the extras that were provided there. So I just really, again, within my own life and my extended family, I have recognized that the way that working people gain wealth is through home ownership and property ownership. And I've been very lucky. I've been successful in doing that myself. My father did it, my grandfather did it, and so I just, I just think that uh, home ownership is just really key. You know, I, I saw some statistics I don't remember exactly, but it was just shocking that one reason why African Americans are poor in this country is that they have been shut out from home ownership. Mm-hmm. A very small percentage of them managed to own their own homes, and it's just, it's just key for gaining wealth, and so I, and then I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical about, uh, you know, superintendents becoming landlords. I'm a landlord, and things go south once in a while. <laughs> and it, it takes a lot of work, and superintendents, they have enough to do without being landlords. How is the district involved in that design? Well, well first of all, I was just shocked. I was somewhat familiar with this, but I've seen the 
the school board association has put out some fascinating numbers about how much extra property that school districts own throughout the state of california and i know when i lived in sacramento my dad and i used to go down and pick olives off the olive trees off this school property that wasn't being used for anything down mm -hmm. at the end of mm -hmm. our little road and then I happen to know that Mendocino Unified has two or three acres up there behind their K-8 school that they're not doing anything with. So again, if, if you can provide the land, that cuts down the price of housing enormously. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and again, how to structure it is a difficult thing to do. That's the work ahead of us. <laughs> yes, that's the work ahead, see. And, and again, the school board uh, association, is they're doing workshops on that. And then again, I think you need to go talk to the Presbyterian Church and how did you do it there? You're listening to Don Cruiser. He is the Area 5 County Board of Education member. You're listening to Inside Education. This is Michelle Hutchins. I'm the County, county Superintendent of Schools. What is the best part of being on the County Board of Education? Feeling useful when you're retired, <laughs> you know. I kind of, uh, my wife and I both have taught courses on the Blue Zone lifestyle, and we really like it. And, you know, one of those little components that, that improves your lifestyle and helps you live healthier and longer is to have a good purpose in life. And... So I, and again, I've just always been interested in education and I wanted to maintain some level of that. So that was one of the major reasons I got on the school board. Are there challenges that you've had in serving on the County Board of Education? Well, it's a little more work than I expected. You know, just reading, I, I probably get about at least a half a dozen emails every day that I that I read that dealing with with issues in education and I just feel like it's real important to stay on top of those. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, at times the travel can be difficult in the winter here. But I don't I don't feel that uh, it's really difficult. I one the other reason I wanted to do it is I think I felt like I had special qualifications for that. I, I did a lot of negotiating for our union in, in, in Mendocino Unified, and so I was somewhat familiar with how schools are financed and how to read a budget. And, uh, you know, I was president of the union. I, I think as a board member, it's important to be an advocate for teachers, and I have a long history of doing that. How long have you served on this board? Well, I was appointed, and I forget exactly what year it was, but I know I've, I'm in, I think, my fourth term here, so it's been 12, 13 years. Currently, you're our longest-serving board member. Yes. Have you seen many changes since you started with county office? We've been through quite a few superintendents, and uh, I've enjoyed working with all of them. But I, th I don't think it's necessarily uh, a good thing, you know. Uh, I was thinking about you on that today coming over here and, you know, what a difficult job it is to do. And it sort of reminded me of when I started teaching. Chuck Prysick was the math teacher up in Fort Bragg, and I remember talking to him, and he told me, he said, be very patient starting out. He said, it will take you at least three years to get on top of this job. And when I retired, 
I felt bad because it had taken me so many years to get to where I was <laughs> in terms of doing the job. And so I look at county superintendents and I think it takes at least one term to get on top of the job. And we've been, tur- we've been turning them over too quickly here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the biggest surprise you experienced as a county board member? I think it was just the variety of things that we do, you know. I, n- I never dreamed that uh, w- we would hear appeals or that we would be involved in land transfers, you know. Uh, I think I was I was a little bit surprised by by how many services the county provides. And, uh, you know, it's been enlightening for me to recognize that uh, just how important the county office is. You know, I look, the example I often give people has to do with, you know, a small district like Manchester or Laytonville or these small, even, even Covell, they don't have the funding to hire a speech pathologist when they probably only have a very small number of students who need those services. So the county hires a speech pathologist and they travel. They go to these schools one or two days, three days a week to work with those students and provide those services. And it's really the only way those services could be provided to students in those small districts. What are your thoughts about the new educational initiative the governor requires schools to implement? Well, it's one of those things that I'm promoting particularly the early childhood education. You know, I'm, I'm always a little bit puzzled that for some reason in the United States, we're not willing to borrow from other countries. And I have read quite a bit about education in Finland, for example. And, you know, they, they actually made a decision as a government, as a country, to improve their educational system some years back. And there was, there were two things they did that I thought were really key. And the, the biggest was, you start school at age one in Finland. And they, you know, the fact of the matter is 90% of child development happens before age five. They don't have them doing a lot of ac- academics. They have them doing a lot of exploration that leads them into discovery. And, uh, you know, it it solves a lot of problems for families where both parents are working, and it's an equity issue. I think you know wealthier families who send their little kids to to really high-priced preschools or off to summer camps or everything. Those those children have a real advantage in school, and early childhood education would equalize the playing field. Moving back to you personally, how would you describe what you do outside of being a county board member? Well, I've got a number of building projects going on, <laughs> and I used to dive for abalone, and do a, I still do a good a measure of fishing, and uh, I try to get regular exercise, do a, a measure of hiking, and... Uh, I've, I mentioned my wife who teaches nutrition classes for public health. I help her in those classes a little bit, and I really enjoy that. 
I grow a big garden, a bunch of fruit trees. I'm a landlord. I stay real busy. Good. That sounds good. What about your own education? What were some of the most important memories you have from the years you were in school? I put a little bit of thought into this because I really enjoyed school when I was going to school. I was involved in a lot of different things, athletics and student government. But I remembered one particular incident, and it was just something that came into my mind, and it was my senior year in high school. And I was in my calculus class, and I really enjoyed it. Most, uh, most of my good friends were in there, and I liked the teacher. And I remember there was one day I was sitting there, and it occurred to me out of nowhere, I said, you know, I could do this and I could enjoy it. And it was when I decided that I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Good. That's a beautiful story. What are some of the happiest moments in your school career as a teacher? Well, <clears throat> I was lucky. I really enjoyed being a teacher in my work. I've told people I, I never hated to go to work in the morning. I always got up and I was excited about it. And I think I was good at it. And I think I was successful. And I think that since then, what I've enjoyed the most is that I managed to be just a small part of the development in the lives of young people. And so many of those young people have gone on and done just really fantastic things with their lives. And I'm very proud of them and proud of the fact of that small part I, I played in their development. That's beautiful, yeah. What about any sad moments in your teaching career that you'd like to share with listeners? Oh, you know, uh, I think it was sad when I finished my first year of teaching and I didn't expect to come back. That was hard on me. And then, you know, I think it happens to every teacher. You know, teaching is a very dynamic thing to do. And... Uh, there are times when you, you don't do things exactly right with a, with a young person in a certain situation. And, and of course, you, you end up with a few regrets out of that. And, you know, you try to set them right afterwards. But there's, there's just how, how you handle the situation is it's a difficult thing to be right all the time. Yeah, it is. Being that it's Thanksgiving evening when this show will play, what is one thing you're grateful for that you wish to share with our listeners tonight? Oh, I'm a very grateful person, you know. Ironically, that's going to be my birthday. <laughs> will it really? Well, happy birthday. I'll be, I'll be 77 next Thursday, and I'm, you know, I'm very grateful for being happy and healthy, and I feel very fortunate privilege to live in such a beautiful place and I feel very thankful that I'm surrounded by so many nice people in my family and outside of my family it's a wonderful I've been just very very lucky and very fortunate to be able to live here thank you Don Cruiser thank you for sharing some personal stories your opinions and your thoughts about the County Board of Education and about you personally I know a lot of people on the coast of Mendocino will be very interested in listening to this tonight so thank you and thank you Michelle you know for a long time the the board had a goal of improving 
the image of the agency and and commuting, communicating with the public more about what the agency does. And you're the person that has made that happen. And well, thank you. you've you've written wonderful articles in the papers, and doing this radio show is just real important. So thank you for doing that. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools, with tonight's edition of Inside Education. I'm going to switch my interviewees now. We're going to move from interview that just happened with Donald Cruiser and move to Charlene Ford from Willits. How would you describe the role of the County Board of Education? I describe it as an important responsibility to the people that elected me in this county to work with the superintendent and the the other board members to make sure we are doing everything we can to support the local area schools and as well as keeping in touch with our constituents so that we feel we know what they want us to do in representation. What inspired you to become a county board member? And how long have you served on the board? I believe I've been on it 14 years. And the way that I ended up running for being a board member was a friend called me the year that after, after I had retired and said, Charlene, you should be on the County Board of Education. You've been in education all your life. And she said, I think you'd be good. I went first and visited the meetings. to And, and it was interesting because the superintendent then, I was the only one, you know, out in the audience. And he came over to see, he said, what brings you here today? And I said, well, a friend called and said that I should run for the County Board of Education. So I decided I better find out what they do and what they're all about. So I went to two meetings and then I did run and then I got the position and I've really been blessed and honored to be on it. It's a big responsibility, but a real, a real rewarding position. So then you represent the Willits area, Laytonville. What else is in part, what else is encompassed in Area 3? And Covalo. Covalo as well, okay. And that's been really interesting because I lived there seven years when our children were small and they were all in the element. Well, Amy was just starting kindergarten and the boys were in, uh, I think, fourth grade and sixth so it was great. And, you know, it, it helps me now to feel like I, I still know a lot of those people. And it was a fun part of our life. And, and John was running the Diamond H Ranch. And then, well, we leased, we leased the ranch first. And then someone came and bought it from Spain. His mother was from Spain. He was from Europe. And so that was really interesting meeting them and seeing the changes. And then, but they were starting to go a direction that John really, we didn't really want to be a part of. So we, he just, we had leased the place in Willits and we ended up moving there and loving it. Would you tell me a little bit about yourself? Okay. We lived in Humboldt County first where John was raised. And then. And how old were you when you lived in Humboldt County? 22. Yeah, I had been raised in Oklahoma. And then John and I met and fall, fell in love and married. And, 
and then it was transferring to California. So we lived in Humboldt County, and then we leased the ranch. It became more inexpensive to move to Mendocino County and rent pasture than it was to buy hay in Humboldt County, which sounds ridiculous with all the uh, transportation charges, you know, to go to Covalo and everything. But it was it was right, and we moved there, and then the kids went to grade school there, and we loved it, and we loved the people. And You're listening to Charlene Ford tell a little bit about her life. She's the Area 3 County Board Member. This is Michelle Hutchins with Inside Education. How many terms have you served as a county board member? Well, if it's 14 years, it must be three terms in two years. I'd have, I kind of would like to look it up in the record. Okay, so I, at least three terms, you believe. And so then how, how have you seen, have you seen many changes since you started on the board? Have you seen changes in MCOE or in education in general that you feel um, you want to bring highlight to? Uh, yes, I've seen changes in superintendents and board members. Each situation has been interesting, and I'm I love what we've done now recently under you, Michelle. When we've really gotten out to help the small districts, it seems I don't know if it's just uh, that you're better at sharing the information, but because you know I just thoroughly enjoyed and felt like we were doing good stuff all the time, but. Uh, now it seems like I feel uh, better informed of what we're doing. So I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Can you share with the listeners what the board's short-term goals are currently from your, from your uh, view, point of view? Well, one of them that I feel like is hugely important is the working with the At Promise Youth those that we and and with Tawny I just feel like we have such an impact on those kids. Tawny Fernandez is yes. the uh principal of the community school for Mendocino County Office of Education. And she puts her 110% of her heart into it and that's what makes it so exciting to see. And she during the the whole COVID thing, she just was getting everything to those kids and meeting with the parents, even if it had to be on the phone or online. But she really made an effort to personally stay in touch with all the families. And I think that's what made, was the key to the success. I agree with you completely. What is or what do you foresee to be the best part of being on the County Board of Education? What do you like? What do you like about it? Well, I love visiting the schools. I, I think that's just really exciting to feel that I know the schools, even if it's not talking to them a lot, but we're out there on the different campuses and We'll eat lunch there, talk to a few kids, and, and also get to know our board members better because we don't really have much time to share during the board meetings. I loved it when we all took the governance program or course. 
We took a county board master's in governance course as an entire board during the pandemic for our listeners. Um, the county board of education, all five members and myself um, as the county superintendent attended uh, several weekends. Was it not, Charlene? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Lots of oh. commitment for that. It's what it was a lot of commitment of time it for was, that. But it, and I I appreciated. Well, it worked out. Uh, maybe probably because of the pandemic going on, but it worked out that it didn't really interfere. It came just. That was really a good time, and it was kind of fun seeing our member when we would happen to get one of them in our group. It was fun seeing the members of our board. And, and we didn't know each all the members really well then, so it helped us get better acquainted. And having had the common um, experience of taking that really helped. So I thank you for enrolling us without our permission. <laughs> Was it a forced thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, then let me ask you this question. Are there challenges that you see to serving on the County Board of Education? Yes, um, just making sure I'm doing my part or feeling that I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing to for my you know constituents and for the board. Yeah, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. And and coming prepared to meetings, reading that big fat thick packet of information. Yeah, and understanding all of it. They are. Yeah, that's that can be a challenge. I could see that. Moving back to you personally, how would you describe what you do outside of being a county board member today? You mentioned that you run a ranch. Or tell us more. Well, we have, uh, John and I have been married 57 years. 57 That's, years. John Ford and Charlene Ford married 57 <laughs> years. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And, and then we have three children. You're listening to Charlene Ford, our Area 3 County Board Member from Willits. This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools. You're listening to tonight's edition of Inside Education. What were some of the most important memories you have from the years you were in school? Okay, so I think the probably the most important, or the most, it describes kind of my high school. Uh, we had a brand new high school that my brother had gone to the first year and I was he went as a senior it was only a two-year school the year it opened and then each year they added another till it was a four-year but I was right behind him and I just thought the world of my brother and he was president of student body and at the end of the year for the next year I got elected vice president so I was in charge of elections and we had so much, but a lot of things, money-making, too. And we were in a, an area that really cared about the schools. And we put on, uh, the thing that stands out in my memory is the big paper drives we had. We had these flatbed trailer, well, just probably one, flatbed trailer. And we'd have people would come and dump their stuff. And then we had Oklahoma City Publishing, which probably was who bought it. I don't know. We, it, was it, it was, a paper recycling drive? Yeah, we okay. they would keep old newspapers and and uh, yeah, I don't know what they did with it, but they paid us for it, That's and good. we did, we did things that made a lot of money. It, it was just a fun 
fun job being vice president and yeah, so I was in it the year my brother was president, I guess. I was in the student council. And it was just fun. I just adored him and uh it was fun being and and he had the coolest friends and they they would pay attention to me cuz of my brother and that was really fun. Fun. <laughs> So then um, you taught school, and in your teaching career, what were some of the happiest moments you had? Boy, one just popped into my head when I saw that question. The last, I think, four years that I taught at Willits High School, I taught there 21 years in English, and then I did leadership too, six years. But one of them was the last four years I had seniors and most of them I had had as freshmen in the ninth grade, and that was so much fun seeing the maturity in most of them. <laughs> anyway, so in their senior years, I, I had found the poem If by Rudyard Kipling. I had all, it was assignment, it was part of their graduation. Each week on Friday, that was our assignment. So at graduation, David Hopkins was class president, and he had to give a speech. And he said, now... And as seniors, everyone in Mrs. Ford's class had to memorize the poem, If, by Rudyard Kipling. I'd like for you all to stand and say it with me now. And we did, and I said it with him, and I was just full of tears. I, I mean, bet. it was so neat. Yeah. And they all said it, and it was, I mean, I don't know if everybody could understand it, but the people that had been familiar with it understood it and that was a great moment for me what a nice tribute what a nice it, tribute it was really that's neat. beautiful beautiful so i do have one last question for you and being that it is thanksgiving evening when our show will play what is one thing you're grateful for that you would wish to share with the listeners tonight so thankful to have the family i do i'm so blessed and and then also my faith in Jesus. Yeah. Those are yeah. permeate my life. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Charlene Ford, for sharing time with us tonight. And thank you for asking me. Really appreciate it. So uh, Charlene Ford, Area 3 Board, County Board Member. This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools with Inside Education. My next guest for the hour is Drew Duncan. Drew Duncan is the Area four representative the Fort Bragg coastal area and is our youngest member on the board of education currently. Drew would you tell me a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to become a county board member? Uh, I graduated during the pandemic and moved back here along with a lot of other people. Grew up in Mendocino on the coast here went to Mendocino High went to, to school in San Francisco and have been back for the, the duration of, of uh, COVID and was sort of inspired to run for office, mostly because of a, a professor I had at uh, San Francisco State, Kathy Emery, who was in charge of a, an educational club there where we taught our own classes and pushed for educational reform in the university, uh, moving it to sort of more group centric, less big lectures, more progressive pedagogy. When I was sort of saw that there was an opportunity to uh, involve myself in that here. I was happy to sort of give back to the same schooling area that had, you know, sent me on its way. Very nice. So tell the listeners how long you've served on the Board of Education. Now, this is the County Board of Education that we're talking about. Uh, that'll be three years coming up. 
uh, into the first uh, four-year term and three years through it. This is my first term. Great. And have you seen many changes since you started? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sort of moving from, I came on is sort of in the, the heat of COVID. So I've seen a lot of changes as we, we've sort of moved from COVID. I remember one of the first meetings, they were talking about redoing a lot of the buildings and we were looking at pictures of, of all of these empty office buildings, classrooms that were being used to store PPE, hand-washing stations, masks, all sorts of stuff like that. There's been sort of a monumental change in seeing us move back to, to people in the classroom, people in the office, uh, actually getting to physically go to uh, the building has definitely been the biggest changes. How would you describe the role of the County Board of Education? Uh, that's a, an interesting question. There's not much in the the sort of the California Constitution, the document that um, provides for the county board. Um, so they they vary pretty wildly. But the big one is we serve as sort of a normal school board for uh, the county schools, um, the community school, as well as the juvenile hall school. And then we also uh, superintendent salary, um, the county superintendent, uh, as well as act as an appellate body for things like charters, um, suspensions, interdistrict transfers, things like that. What would you say that the county board's short-term goals are today? The one I'm most excited for is uh, holding meetings in different school districts. I haven't really traveled around to different ones since I was sort of a basketball slash tennis player in high school. And so I'm really excited to sort of meet with teachers and students and staff uh, at some of our sort of more remote, smaller school districts and hang out and have our meetings there, talk to people, see the cafeteria, the campus, et cetera. What do you see as the go- as the board's uh, long-term goals? Uh, one uh, that I've been really excited about is um, setting up housing for teachers um, and sort of not just dorms, but actually sort of creating pathways for teachers to own their own homes, something that's really hard to do for people on the coast and can be a pretty big barrier of entry um, for new teachers coming to our coast. And so both helping people get started with a home as well as bringing in new talent uh, to the community is something I'm really excited about. Yeah. You recently were involved in another project, collaborative project with the League of Women Voters. Could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. We made um, a sort of a part of an initiative to increase youth voter turnout, uh, made little packets um, with uh, sort of guides on how to vote, a few pins. Uh, I think there's a chocolate in there, too. And uh, they were distributed. Um, we made several thousand of them, distributed them to uh, voting age Students, you can register to vote um, when you're 16, and then it's all set and ready to go. You just have to be 18 by the election. It's really heartwarming to see uh, such a huge turnout among young voters. This past election really saw an explosion of Generation Z voters, which is really, really heartwarming. It was really heartwarming. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, that your age group is the lowest turnout of voter participation, and that, that really changed in this last election. Yeah, and we have the most to gain. Yeah, true, true, well said. So what is or what do you foresee to be the best part of being on the County Board of Education? Why would someone your age want to do this? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, A few reasons. 
Um, starting with really the selfish reason is it's it's absolutely fascinating and heartwarming to see such detailed reports about what people are doing to help educational efforts in the county. So just in that thing, it's fun. You get to meet interesting people, see interesting reports, um, be part of something that's really very important. And also it's a, it's a way of giving back. Uh, you are, you know, this is a, a position that's provided for by the constitution. You are an elected official, you take an oath, and it is really great responsibility to be someone who's involved in local government and in, in sort of making the country that we all exist in work and function well. And I think there's something really amazing in that. Nice. Thank you. Are there challenges that you've experienced to serving on the County Board of Education? Uh, there's definitely a few. Um, getting over to Ukiah early in the morning, never an easy one. Um, but for the most part, it's it's pretty easy. You know, the, the staff does an amazing job in making sure we have all the material, answering all our questions. Uh, it, it can be sort of hard sometimes to parse the complexity. I know there's a, a spreadsheet that we're all given that has just a gigantic list of acronyms, which really just abound in education. And so it takes a little while to sort of learn what people are saying, but everybody is so kind and helpful um, in really just moving any impediment for your understanding and what's going on. Uh, occasionally, there's some some tough decisions you make, but and that can be challenging, but that's why we're here. That's why we're here. What is the biggest surprise you've experienced as a county board member? Uh, I would say sort of the the complexity and the range of things that the county does. It's one thing to sort of grow up here and have a um, sort of a, a fleeting uh, interaction with schools as a student. Um, you sort of think you get a sense of what is going on educationally in the county, and it is just eye-opening to then be involved in it and see all of these different programs from adult education to special education to sort of providing different services like legal services to specific special education uh, services like speech pathologists, just a, a wide range for all of these different communities. And it has really blown me away by how much gets done in the county. What are your thoughts about the new educational initiatives the governor requires schools to implement? Uh, I'm excited about a lot of the special, or sorry, the mental health stuff. Uh, it's a, a huge problem um, among young people, uh, whether it's always been a problem and it's just more open now, or whether there's sort of environmental factors that are leading to that. Uh, it is really heartwarming to see such a change from when I was in school not too long ago. And it was something that was still pretty taboo at that point um, to have it transform into something that uh, people are much more comfortable talking about and where there's so many more resources going to it. Because it, it can be such an impediment to people's sort of educational pathways. And it really, it doesn't need to be, there's great services out there. And so I'm, I'm excited that those services are going to be met uh, going to be going to people who need them. What about extended learning or universal pre-kindergarten? That's also another really big one. Um, studies have shown that the earlier you start school, um, the more uh, it benefits you sort of it has a cascading effect uh, throughout your life. So uh, extending kindergarten is going to be a, a big, a big step in sort of equalizing the playing field. Moving back to you personally, how would you describe what you do outside of being a county board member? 
Uh, for work, I work with uh, my father, uh, drafting, he does engineering, um, and we're just sort of a little uh, two-person team, uh, which is a lot of fun, and get to go on job site visits with him, uh, sort of, you know, ruminate over plans and designs, uh, really enjoyable. Me personally, I love playing some video games. Um, I've been into uh, Dungeons and Dragons lately, just a wonderful sort of improv game, um, which really feels even better after so long in the pandemic, not socializing with people. It's really fun to to get with people and, and hang out and do something together. Well, the one thing I always tell parents is make sure you play video games with your children. <laughs> anyway, there's some, you know, it's a, it's a very, it's a new art form that does some pretty interesting stuff. It's a really a new art. I would agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and it's a great way to be able to, um, interact and sort of understand the world in which the younger generation is learning through because there's so many lessons inside many of those games today especially all the sandbox games but it's all fun absolutely absolutely it's and it's they're popular bigger industry than movies and tv combined yeah yeah so when you lie in bed at night now, this, I've got to just comment that this has not been a popular question amongst your colleagues. <laughs> so <laughs> this is the one they asked me to skip. But when you lie in bed at night, what do you think about in terms of proving education? Uh, the big one is, is paying teachers more. Um, that's not the happiest one to sort of think about. Um, it's, it's a truth that we all know and accept. Um, just sort of the reality is, is much harder. Um, I sort of... Uh, think about smaller class sizes. I think about the the times in college uh, that I really felt like I was doing something special were these sort of small classes, people from different backgrounds, synthesizing new ideas and sort of bringing our different topics together. And so I, I'd love, love to see more of that. And so, you know, pay teachers more, have more teachers, smaller classes. You're listening to Drew Duncan, Area 4 County Board Member. What about your own education? What were some of the most important memories you have from the years you were in school? Uh, the the biggest one, my first try at college, I went to a big university, um, which is quite a shock for such a small a kid from such a small town. I think I had a large, pretty large graduating class from Endo at 45 kids and going to a, a university um, with tens of thousands of kids was a bit of a shock. Yeah. Um, and so I did not do too well there. Um, and it took me sort of a few years to find success at San Francisco State. And the um, there was one professor, that Kathy Emery, who involved me in sort of teaching teaching classes. And there was one class on the civil rights that I was teaching. Um, and it just sort of felt like information from different classes, the actual organization of the class, having them go through and, and do this um, research. I uh, felt like it all came together and, and sort of, you know, the feel cleared. And I was like, wow, this this can be incredibly powerful and is something I want to get involved in. Interesting. So then what would you say some of the happiest moments in your school career would be? Uh, definitely uh, teaching uh, in, in college, sort of. I had an amazing team of, of co-teachers. At San Francisco State, there's a program that let us teach our own classes. And it was felt really exciting to be working with students who were teaching such a wide variety. There was someone who was teaching a, a wanted to be an FBI agent, was teaching a class on serial killers. And there's someone who was teaching a class on, on fanfic, um, someone who was teaching a class on sort of apps and dating through apps. 
and sort of getting all of those people who would never interact before in the same room talking about how they're teaching and, and what they enjoyed about their classes, what they were struggling with was really amazing. It was a, a lot of fun and interesting. Uh, definitely the highlight of my college experience. Nice. What about a sad moment? Any sad moments in your school career that you'd want to share? Uh, I, I mean, I definitely remember, I don't know if this quite qualifies, but the first time uh, reading of Mice and Men. Um, oh. And I think I read that in, in seventh or eighth grade. I can't quite remember, but that was sort of the first book I read that didn't have a, a minor spoilers, but I feel like the book's been out long enough, uh, did not have a happy ending. Yeah. And I, I really remember feeling something. Um, and it's never a book I would have read if, you know, the teacher hadn't assigned it. Uh, and it really was a moment that changed how I saw literature and, and what it could do. Interesting. Very good. Thank you. That's beautiful. If you could wave a wand and change one thing about education, what would it be and why? Um, I would say uh, paying teachers more would be the easiest one. They're, they're such a, a backbone of our society and they're underpaid to a pretty alarming degree. And so I'd love for teachers to get paid more, more teachers in the classroom, easier hours, more prep time, just make the whole process easier. My mom's a teacher, my brother's a teacher, and I just see the amount of time they put in and, and the compensation is just not there. Yeah. Very well said. Being that it's Thanksgiving evening when this show plays, what is one thing that you're grateful for that you wish to share with our listeners tonight? Uh, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to give back to the community in this way. And I would really encourage, especially any young people, uh, there's so many positions throughout the county that uh, nobody runs for, that just nobody goes out for at all. And it's a, an amazing way to give back to your community. And it's it's really the building block of our country as a democracy. And I'm, I'm thankful that that exists and that we can participate in it. And I would encourage, especially young people, you know, go out, get involved. Well said. Well said. Well, thank you. You are listening to Drew Duncan. He is our Area 4 um, County Board representative or County Board member. Um, now, before I let you go, <laughs> Drew, last year you attended the um, California School Boards Association's annual education conference. Did you not? Was it last year or the year before? It was, yeah, last year. And so what did you think of that? Uh, that was an exciting opportunity uh, held in San Diego. It was really exciting to see all of these different presentations on what people were doing in their school districts, um, to see sort of all of these new ideas about issues and problems um, and how things are going to be affected. Uh, I thought it was a really valuable experience listening to other boards, uh, specifically county boards, um, because the constitution is sort of provides for so little specifics on what county um, offices of education do. There's a huge variety throughout the state. And so it was really interesting to see all of the different projects that different counties did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that conference is coming up this next week. I think uh, we do have Larry Olson that will be attending this year. And so we will make sure to interview uh, Larry Olson after he returns so that we can get some good up-to-date information about what that conference brought to our Board of Education this year as well as last. So thank you. 
Anything else you want to share with the listeners, Drew, while you've got the radio? Uh, just wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks Beautiful. so much. Thank you very much. All right, Drew. Thank you. Have a great night. That concludes our show tonight. I want to thank everyone for listening to the three county board members and remind you that next month I will have two more board members as well as a little goodbye or a little sign-off as county superintendent of schools. It's been really a pleasure to serve as your county superintendent over the last four years, and as I wind up my term, I find myself full of gratitude on this one evening where we share that with each other. So thank you, Mendocino County. Enjoy the night. Thank you for listening to Listener-Supported Community Radio. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.